Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hour two, Dan Cilio here on the National Football Show. In this hour, we're going to try to run down our friend Ice Cube. Get his thoughts on everything sports related, his big three basketball. He and Amy Trask have put together what I think is one of the best basketball leagues there is. And now even big three basketball is an Olympic sport. We'll talk to him all things Raiders, too. You know he's a huge uh, Raider fan. And on top of that, a huge football fan. So we hope to catch up with him. That'll be at the bottom of the hour. You know, I, I, I say this all the time watching – how this story is playing out in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. And I always come back to the gold standard of Tom Brady. Brady's the gold standard when it comes to how you need to act as a quarterback. Really is. You know, I said this a couple days ago about Dak Prescott. You know, if you're looking at how you are as a young player and the things that you want, And if you're the quarterback of a particular NFL team, you can't go wrong with the character of Dak Prescott. Dak wears that star with great pride. Dak works his ass off. Dak continues to get better. And most importantly, everyone in his locker room loves him. It's almost like Dak Prescott has taken a page out of Tom Brady's manual because that's exactly the manual Brady has. What was the number one thing that Tom Brady wanted when he got to Tampa and all the paperwork was signed, sealed, and delivered? He wanted all the phone numbers for all the players on the roster, and he called every single one of those players and let them know, hey, I'm looking forward to playing with you. Hey, I'm looking forward to going to training camp. Let's make this a very special year. Brady wanted to get to know each and every single person inside that locker room. You know, when Aaron Rodgers is playing the ukulele in Hawaii and throwing darts and throwing little innuendos at the Packers, Brady's preparing himself for an upcoming season. You know what's crazy? Brady probably prepares harder today than he ever did back even when he was in his first two years because there's more pressure on Brady now. You don't think Brady prepares harder today? I do. You know, we we were talking about Ben Simmons and all the issues going on with the point guard for the 76ers. You think that guy works any harder today than he did when he first initially came into the league? No. His game shows it. He hasn't improved. He hasn't improved in any way. Oh, maybe because he's an NBA guy. But on top of that, he's not improved his game. His shot still sucks. He's horrible at the charity stripe. He's not gotten better. Look at how Tom Brady has improved himself every single year he's played. You know those stupid notions, deflate gate and spy gate? 
this was just media made stuff that was trying to derail the guy's legacy. It really had no bearing on anything when it came to Brady's success, did it? Because after every one of those, I guess, media scandals, that's what I'll call them, after every one of those media scandals, what happened? Tom Brady won a Super Bowl. And nobody could really bring that stuff up. Everyone goes, oh, these guys are cheap. Didn't matter. They still won after that. How many Super Bowls did they win after Spygate? You truly think? See, I, I, I always look back at that stuff, and I always looked at it. Well, the Patriots are the modern-day Raiders. The Raiders are the people that used to turn on the sprinklers. You know, when a fast team used to come into the Alameda County Coliseum and like Al Davis would turn on sprinklers if he thought that team was faster than his. And everyone would go, wait a minute. There was no rain here in Northern California. Al goes, oh, the sprinklers must have broke. Yeah, right. You wanted a slow field so you could have that team as fast as your team. Al was notorious for doing that. And that's what the Patriots are notoriously known for doing too. You know, there was a notion that this is really totally Belichick. So do you know what they stopped the Patriots from doing? So, you know, the pregame, you know, Sean McDermott, he caught on to it and he called the league office on it. So, you know, the cheerleaders for the Patriots, they wouldn't do any warmups when the Patriots were on the field prior to game time. But when the opposing team came out for stretching prior to like the game, the New England Patriot cheerleaders would come out and they would like perform right around where the players were prepping. And finally McDermott was like, how come this, what is this? Get this out of here. And every coach started realizing that the Patriots had always done that. Just small things, just to take your mind one second off the game. Some of you would probably go, do you really? Just the little bit and the littlest things, because what do the little things make you think of? Big things. Gee, are they bugging the locker room next? Are they are, 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 are they doing that? Are they? Is everything, like, good, you know? Right? So, bottom line, man, the littlest thing will make you think. So, I love that stuff. I love that gamesmanship, man. We just got a great text from uh, our boy Ice Cube. He's rocking and rolling. He'll be ready to rock at the bottom of the hour with us, so. All good, man. So looking forward to that. All right, let me get into a conversation with um, and about Mike Tomlin. I've had this conversation with Krause and how much we love Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, put your ass on blast, okay? Doesn't matter in any way whatsoever who you think you are, what you think you are, the things that you may think your game's about. End of the day, man. Mike Tomlin put your ass on blast, and that includes Ben Roethlisberger. That's what makes that franchise so great, is that Ben doesn't care. Uh, hey, he'll he'll hear you and go, damn, I just got to sit here and take this stuff, man. Ben don't care to get up and try to challenge Mike Tomlin because nobody challenges Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's a great coach. By the way, do I think Mike Tomlin is a Hall of Fame coach? I do. I think if you think that Bill Cowher is a Hall of Fame coach, you have to think that Mike Tomlin's a Hall of Fame coach. Went just as many Super Bowls. He's won more games, actually. But here could be the rub. And you know what? I hate doing this because I pointed this out earlier 
when it came to Kyle Shanahan. And just to refresh, I made the point, the 49er coach. So the 49ers coach's overall record is 29 and 35. And in the four years, him being in San Francisco, if you take the 2019 season away, the team is 16 and 32. And three of the four seasons that he's been the head coach have been losing seasons. Is that a successful coach? Right? Like Parcell says, you are what your record says. So how do I evaluate that and then turn around and give you this number? In the last nine years, Mike Tomlin with the Pittsburgh Steelers is three and six in the postseason since 2011, and he's missed four seasons of postseason football in those nine years. Is Mike Tomlin underachieving in Pittsburgh? With that roster. Remember, he did have Le'Veon Bell. Remember, he did have Antonio Brown. Ryan Chazier was on that team. Roethlisberger has put together a Hall of Fame career. Three and six in nine years. Okay, three and six. Think of that. Since 2011, that's his postseason record. Okay? That's not a lot of winning. Tebow beat him in the postseason. Okay, hey man, bottom line here is, is Mike Tomlin winning enough in Pittsburgh? I just got through talking about Kyle Shanahan. He is what his record is. When you look at this record here, Mike Tomlin, nine years, last nine years, postseason, three and six. You know, do I think the Steelers, watch this, do I think the Steelers this year are a contender for the AFC Championship? No, I don't. No, I don't think they are. I think they're going to be right in the middle. They'll be a 10-7 and 7 team, maybe an 11-6 and 6 team, something in that room. But do I think they can catch magic? And Now, look, I'll tell you this, though. Here, here's, here's the telling factor for the Steelers this coming season. I would say this to you. When you add Najee Harrison to that offensive huddle, the Alabama running back they drafted in the first round, let's do this here with that. What was the number one issue a year ago that the Pittsburgh Steelers had? What was the number one issue? They couldn't really do anything in the red zone. Their third and one was awful last year, and that's why they fell to pieces. I think they were one in five over the last six ball games of the season. They won on that consecutive games. Uh, winning streak, but nobody really thought that that was real. They thought they were kind of paper champions with the teams that they had beaten during that streak. Nobody went, you know, that looks like it's going to be one of those iconic teams that we saw in years past. Now, if Najee Harris can go in there and give any kind of Derrick Henry performance, that football team will look almost the same way as what John Elway's Denver Broncos look like. Think of this for a second. And I really love what Kevin Colbert, who's been on our program, has done here. Think about what Kevin Colbert did. Kevin Colbert said, okay, we have an aging quarterback here. And we know that he's not going to be able to throw this football team to too many wins. I'm not even sure that this guy can throw us out of trouble. 
But if we get a running game going, think about what they did now, remember, in Denver. Okay? Think of what they did in Denver. When John Elway was starting to run out of steam and starting to run out of gas, what did they do? They went and got themselves a running back or found themselves a running back in Terrell Davis. Changed John Elway's entire dynamic. He ends up winning those back-to-back world championships. Changed how we looked at John Elway's resume. You know, we forgot the other three losses that he had in Super Bowl play. And John Elway had something at the very end of the day that he never had at the beginning of his career was a coach that was really allowing him to be a coach on the field. And you never really had a defense or a running game. Mike Shanahan built an entire roster around not John Elway. He built that entire roster around Terrell Davis. And if Pittsburgh can do that, Pittsburgh's O-line is as good as it gets. Okay? It's as good as it gets. Their defense, T.J. Watt, dude, that Steeler defense, they get anything. If that team looks like the Denver Bronco team of years ago with Terrell Davis, that football team might win 12 ballgames. And war of attrition playing into it, you never know what really happens with a football team. Okay? You, you just never really know. All right. Real quick before we get to a timeout and we get to Ice Cube at the bottom of the hour here. So the NFL Players Association and the NFL has come out saying that players, and again, follow me here. I'm going to make sure that I underscore this. I'm not telling you to get vaccinated or I'm not telling you to get vaccinated. I'm telling you a story that the NFL is covering right now and the NFL's procedures on what they're going to do for the upcoming season. You make your own assessment. Okay? This is a story, though. Players who, like we just saw with Chris Paul, have contact tracing and have to get put in the COVID protocol and may have to miss a game or some practice time until they get cleared, will not miss a paycheck. Now, if you don't get vaccinated, I don't know how you're going to find that out. Are you actually going to ask the player if he has been vaccinated? That could be something that you may see in court. I don't know that a team has the right to ask you about your medical history. Now, some would say this, Dan, don't they have medical files on you inside the organization? Yes, but they don't have your personal health issues that are inside that locker room. They have things on you through their team doctors. You have a private physician. Why do you always hear the player getting a second opinion on a neck injury or a knee injury or an elbow injury or what have you? Because they want their doctors to look at it. And they don't want to be given any kind of different intel before they make their own assessment on what that particular injury is about. So here, my question would be this. You know, we're watching this Cole Beasley story, the wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills, who's saying, I'm not getting vaccinated. It's his right. I'm not telling you to or not. I'm just, that's not something for me, okay? You, you figure that out yourself. Every American has a right to do whatever they feel like it. I'm not here to influence you in either way. It's not my job. I don't tell you how to live your life. Everybody's their own captain to their own steamship. I'm never going to be that guy. Okay. I don't, you should live your life. That's not me. <laughs> I have enough, enough of a time living my own life. Okay. Tr truly. When I tell you, I have enough issues in my own life. M me telling you how to live your life. That ain't happening. 
So the NFL, though, is trying to tell you how to live your life here a little bit. And they're doing it subtly with a paycheck. If you come down with something, and because you didn't get vaccinated, the National Football League is going to hold your paycheck back. I don't think that's going to fly in a court of law. I just don't think that flies. How are you going to get that by a judge when you're sitting there saying, okay, does that team, does that business have, and here's the issue. And here's the issue that Cole Beasley and Buffalo and the Players Association everybody has to deal with. Now, the NFL is a private business. Do they have a right, you know, just like on the back of a check that you get from a restaurant, they have a right to serve whoever they feel like. Okay? They have a right to serve you or not serve you. Private businesses all have that in their right. I don't think they can go like this. Hey, I'd like to see your um, your voter registration card. You know what I mean? I don't think they have a right to do that. But they do have a right to serve whoever they feel like. Or, or can I see your vaccination card? You know, I don't know. I don't think that's legal. So the bottom line will be, how's the league going to push this through legally? And why wouldn't the NFL players, so the NFL Players Association, who is working in sequence with the league in this here, how are you going to protect your union base for guys who have not been vaccinated? That's going to be a very, very strong issue that I could see in a court of law. By the way, I would even ask this. How are you going to deal with that when it comes to fans rolling into your facilities? When people roll into the stadiums this coming fall or this coming summer when it comes to exhibition football, the Hall of Fame game's right around the corner. Um, how are you going to know whether or not these fans have been vaccinated or not? Do they have to show? Like, It's funny. So in some places, they don't want you to show voter ID, like in Atlanta. But now they want you to show vaccination ID. I mean, really? <laughs> okay, right? It's kind of crazy on how you look at it. Hey, you know what, man? You need to show me your, your vaccination ID. What about my voter ID? Nah, that's all right, man. How do you know what? How do you know that's me? Uh, no, nobody really cares. You know, it's an election. Who cares, right? Just make sure that one guy doesn't make it. We're good, <laughs> right? You're like, I don't know, man. Move the all-star game out for that same thing. So we'll see this coming fall. All right, we'll take a brief time out. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. 
Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show. Dan Cilio. We'll be talking to Ice Cube here in a couple seconds. I made a comment the other day about uh, the NCAA and this new 12-team playoff, and you see the NCAA, like, you know, coming up with new rules on how they're going to let the kids, you know, make money off their own image, off their own name. And you're sitting there thinking to yourself, wait a minute now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Didn't Justin Ka- Justice Kavanaugh just come out and basically just destroy the NCAA when it came to that just exact notion that you can't legislate in any way whatsoever to tell these kids that they can't make money off their own name. And now you want to come up with these parameters and these guardrails for these kids to do it. You see, this is all about controlling the players again. You see, they want to control the game. And when you control the game, you control the players. But what's happening now is because of this new 12-team playoff that the college football committee is whatever, I guess, going over and previewing and kicking cans down the road, you know what's going to happen because of the amount of money that's involved in it. You know, they're projecting $70 million. Excuse me. (laughs) I got my M's wrong and B's wrong. $70 billion a year in college football revenue because of this 12-team college playoff. $70 billion. What business in 
America, do you know, where you don't have to pay employees and you're making $70 billion and then you still come up with that stupid notion because you've painted it on a shield that says, hey, this is amateur sports. How do you even sell that trash any longer? Who in their right mind would believe that? That it's something to do with amateur sports. You know it has nothing to do with amateur sports, but yet still the college commissioners are coming up with a way that they could sit here and somehow legislate how kids can still make money off of their name. I mean, they want a piece of that too still. That's what the NCAA is trying to do. Even though the Supreme Court of the United States of America has sided with the players, the NCAA still wants their vig or their juice and what the players do when it comes to making money. Can you imagine, man, if you're a member of the USC Trojan football team and you got USC Notre Dame or you got USC UCLA for that week and you walk up to a car dealership and you just start doing this, hey, I'd love to see if you'd sponsor me this week, you know? I'll do a bunch of podcasts. I'll do some social media stuff for you, whatever you need. If you could give me $2,000, it'd really be appreciated. Um, I'll help promote anything that you have here at your restaurant, your, you know, uh, your car dealership, your hotel, anything. Can you imagine too now if you're working up in Oregon and you're working on the Oregon Duck team? Look at the amount of money and the amount of uh, jobs that you can offer a kid with Nike because. They got a great tie-in with Nike. If you go to school at Oregon now and you're allowed to make money off your likeness and your name, dude, you get a chance to make yourself a pretty good little salary there as a member of the Oregon Duck football team. Phil Knight donates all kinds of money to that football program. You don't think he'd like to have some people wearing sneakers and having the ability to go out and promote Nike? Not that they need it. They've got all the major stars, but still – You'd have Nike football kids making money on the Oregon Ducks football team. And you're, do talk about a perk. Would that get me to go on a recruiting trip potentially to Oregon? Absolutely. All right. All that being said, I want to bring in my friend Ice Cube here. And I am so grateful that Cube jumps aboard with us here. Cube, thank you so much for coming aboard, my friend. How you doing, Cube? I can't hear him, man. Guys, see if we can get that. See if we can get that uh, fixed up there. We can get the audio working there too. See if we can get Ice Cube back here. Yeah, we. I've been dying to get him, man. I mean, we've been trying to go back and forth. He's got Big Three basketball, and it is out there now. And I know that. Hey, look, they're looking so forward to it. Last year, um, they had an issue because of COVID, just like everyone else did. And they were able to, like, you know, weather through it. Cube was pounding through it. They still put some games on. I love the fact now that it's an Olympic sport. He's got one of the absolute best people working around him, too. And that is Amy Trask. And I so love Amy. That's how Cube and I ended up meeting back in the day because Amy is one of my dearest friends and one of my longest friends. And I got a chance to work with Al Davis back in the day. And, you know, Cube is a big Raider fan, too. So, yeah, man. I mean, I am so happy. And 
I love the fact, too, that Big 3 basketball, you know what it does? It allows these veteran guys to still make money off of their name. And it is still allows people to, like, continue their dream. And Cube never wanted to see those guys just, like, kind of, like, as soon as the game was over, he never wanted to see that stuff just, like, kind of, like, die on the vine. Okay? Didn't want to see it like that. So what he did was he started Big 3 Basketball, and he went forward with it, and it has been a massive success. And we bring him back here. How you doing, Cube? Yo, what's up? Is that better? You bet, man. We're all plugged in now, man. How you doing, Cube? Oh, man, I'm great, man. I'm real good. You know, the season is about to start. So, you know, we we working hard, you know. But, uh, yo, we ready. Everybody's ready. You like to tell by your face, man, how excited you are about this. I mean, Cube, tell us a little bit getting through COVID last year. And I could tell by just your expression how excited you are about the 2021 season. What did you guys maybe learn going through that pandemic last year? Well, you know, um, we learned a lot. Every, I think everybody learned a lot about themselves. Um, everybody had to adjust. I mean, um, the entertainment industry was hit hard. Uh, so, you know, it was, it was really about uh, figuring out, you know, what should we do? You know, we got to make our decisions about the big three in March and April. Um, so in March and April of 2020, it looked pretty bad. Nobody knew what the summer was going to hold. Uh, so we decided not to have a season. Um, of course, we we had so much momentum going into the 2020 season. Uh, it hurt to not be able to play. But what it showed by coming back this year was the big three is here to stay. People love it. The, the players love to play. The fans love the game. Uh, our partners are excited. Uh, we've gained a lot of great partners. We're going to make some, some cool announcements uh, next week. And so um, it just shows that we put together something that can you know, stand the test of time, at least stand the pandemic. So that's a good start. Was there any time where you went like this? Because I talked to Rock about, you know, he wanted to start maybe the XFL last year, but because of the pandemic, he didn't know about the economic resources coming out of that. You know, now they're talking about teaming up with the CFL. A lot of dynamics are going into that. And there was even a thought maybe they wouldn't even go forward. Did you have that thought with, Big three hoop that, hey, man, because, Cube, you never really know what was going to happen through this whole thing. Was there a little doubt maybe getting back and placing them up again? No, I didn't have any doubt. I knew we had a great um, team who could hold the league together. Um, I knew that we had a sport that people are interested in. And I knew when I saw the NBA playing that sports was – coming back, you know, it wasn't going to be forever. So I had no doubt that we would be playing this July. So to be back, I'm very happy. Uh, hopefully we have a lot of the the pain of, of the pandemic uh, behind us and we can get back to, uh, you know, enjoying life, enjoying sports, enjoying entertainment and having fun.
Absolutely. All right, Cube, it's an Olympic sport. Did you ever think? I mean, dude, this has got to be for you, too, with the Olympic Games coming up. I mean, now big, now three, three-man basketball is an Olympic event now. I mean, this has got to just be a great poster for your league as well when we're talking about something like this. Did you ever think that when you started it, it would grow to where it is today, even through the pandemic? Um, well, we were reading the tea leaves before we started the league. We saw how big three on three was around the world. Um, it's just now growing here in America, but in other countries, um, it's, it's big because they, you know, don't have the space or just have the history of putting up, uh, these spectacular gymnasiums. So, um, we had looked and saw that, you know, they were talking about it becoming a Olympic sport. And, um, and once, but we launched anyway, before they made their decision. And it seemed like weeks after we, we, uh, launched the big three, uh, the Olympic committee decided to make three on three Olympic sport. Uh, even though what we play is different than what, what you're going to see in the Olympics, um, what you see in the Olympics is a is an amateur version of three on three. It's what FIBA does, and we do the professional version of it. We even call it Fireball Three. So we're actually, you know, not really worried about what they're doing with that sport in the Olympics. We're just worried about what the Big Three is doing. I got to tell you, man, I was I, my, my freshman year. I was friends with Led Bias and. They, they, all the guys, man, when I went, first went to Maryland before I went to the University of Miami, and some of my guys like Adrian Bantz were going like this. So I hear you getting Cuban. Man, you tell that dude, man, that's just Rutgers ball, dude. <laughs> you tell a big three hoop is just Rutgers ball, man. You saw oh, that ain't. stuff, Cilio. <laughs> no, it ain't. So I'm going to come down there and try to play. You know, it's, it's bigger than that. You know, I got, I got pro athletes who play all over the world and playing at a very high level, so – you know, it's definitely uh, a level above Rucker League. You know, um, it, you know this is this is this version of of ball at the highest level. You know, there's nobody playing three on three bigger than the big three. Absolutely. Hey, Cube, do you like speaking of hoop the NBA and what the new faces are showing right now? You know, you watched Trey Young last night. I mean, you're seeing Giannis, whether or not he can deliver, you know, first guy in Milwaukee since Jabbar in 74. Now we're seeing like the Clippers. I know, I know what you think of the Clippers making the Eastern Co- or Western Conference finals. You got that Suns team with 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 Chris Pauley's back tonight. Do you like to see the new blood that getting a chance maybe to go after the Larry O'Brien trophy here? Or do you think we miss all the you want to see stars still? You know, I got mixed emotions. You know, I, I would love for the Lakers to still be in there fighting for it. Um, you know, but I, I would love to see the new blood, you know, to see the Suns play the Hawks in the finals. I think that'll be new and exciting and fresh. And and that's the series I want to see. So, you know, at this point, uh, I do want to see the youngsters shine, uh, some new blood in the water uh, and, you know, Somebody else win the title. You think Chris Paul's been one of the most underrated players in NBA history? No, I don't think he's underrated. Uh, I think people give Chris Paul, you know, a lot of love. You know, he's been doing 
more commercials and endorsements than probably anybody in the league besides LeBron. So he's just not been on a championship team. That's all. So that's why it seems like he's not getting his props. But everybody that you speak about and speak to know that he's one of the most premier point guards, you know, in the league now or who's ever been in the league. You know, he, he knows when to pass. He knows when to shoot. He knows when to get his teammates involved and he knows when to take over. So that's what you want. Got to ask you some Raider questions. What do you make of the Raiders in Vegas? Are you cool with it? I'm cool with it. You know, if they can't be in Oakland or L.A., Vegas is the next best thing. I heard they was talking about going to San Antonio. You know, I wasn't with that at all. <laughs> you know, Ra- Raiders belong in California and Nevada. West Coast, definitely. So, um, I'm with it. You know, I'm enjoy it. Uh, we're playing a lot of our games in Vegas this year. Starting July 10th, every Saturday in Vegas. We got a couple of Saturdays in New Orleans. But for the most part, we're right there in that town. I think it's a great town. And it's shown that it's a sports town. You know, with, with what is done, getting behind the Golden Knights, that, you know, the Raiders going to fit right in with that community. I have to ask you about the Carl Nassib story. What's your take on it? The who, the what, the huh? Carl Nassib story, he came out, and he's the first active gay player that uh, the Raiders threw their arms around him. The National Football League threw uh, their arms around him. QB's the first active player. And, again, I think you and I would look at that like, who cares, man? I mean, can he play? And can he help win, right? He's not the first active player. He's probably the first one to come out and, you know, you know, ain't nothing wrong with 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 a, with a man being himself. So, you know, um, I'm pretty sure it has nothing to do with how he plays football. And you know, as long as he can, you know, do what he's supposed to do on the field, who cares? Correct, man. I so I, someone asked me that question. I went, "Can he play?" I don't. Hey, dude, you think we sit around talking about people's politics and and their sexuality? I just want to know if the, if the brother can play, man. That's all I care. Hey. What, what projects are you working on, Cube? I mean, I know I saw something a couple months ago. You dropped something, too. Um, what projects are you working on right now? Um, I'm, I'm, you know, working with the Mount Westmore crew. You know, me, Snoop, Too Short, E-40. We got a group. We're going to drop some music soon. Uh, so we just kind of getting that kind of cocked and ready. Um, you know, I just did a movie, uh, War of the Worlds. That's going to be coming out, uh, you know, early next year. I'm about to do a movie with Jack Black, um, you know, that's kind of cool and fun, you know, funny. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still doing it. But right now, it's all about the big three. That's what's, what it's all about this summer. we got great players, you know, from Joe Johnson to Swaggy P to Leonardo Barbosa to Josh Smith. I mean, we got it all. So... This summer on on CBS, on Triller, on Fight TV, um, we're going to be every Saturday going at it. Hey, how many fans are going to be allowed to go to the games? Because I think that's probably important. Are we going to be able to see 90% max? Can they buy tickets? Where can they go? Where's the website that they can go to get these tickets and availabilities? What cities you're going to be in? Because I'm sure you have a schedule of what cities you guys are going to be touring in. Yeah, we're in Vegas this year and New Orleans and our and our playoffs and championships 
or in the Bahamas, so you can plan that trip too. Man, <laughs> hit us on Ticketmaster. You can go to big3.com/tickets. Um, you can you can go to the Big Three website. Um, you know, so if you want to be a part of this league, it's the hottest league in the summer. We're gonna allow full capacity. We're playing at the Orleans Arena uh, in Vegas, uh, which you know it holds about eight thousand. See, we didn't know we was gonna be able to have fans, so we would have been in T-Mobile. But but we're uh, happy that the Orleans Arena welcomed but welcomed us with with open arms. You know, they have a great uh, facility there, a great hotel, um, and you know it's Vegas, baby. So we're gonna have fun. Man, before I got you on, I was playing the gangster, the killer, and the dope dealer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that. Uh, that's that nine-inch nail sample, man. <laughs> hey, man, I love that music. Westside Connection, man. I know NWA, man, was awesome, man, and it laid the cement for you, man. But dude, that Westside, it's the best album I've ever heard rap style. You know, AQ. Lastly, here, why do I look at today's rappers and do this, man? I. I I just don't feel it. And maybe it was maybe because I'm older. I like the gangster rap because to me, it told the story of you guys and all the journeys that you guys went on when you guys were making this and making this, this, this genre here, than how you guys got to where you were. There was more of a story today. It just seems it's so commercial. Is that, am I right? When I say it, it's just don't feel it. Like you guys felt it back in the day. Yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, everybody's in love with their own generation. Um, I just think, you know, you're just more, you know, in tune. You was going through it right when we was going through it. So it was everything was more vivid. You know, now it feels, you know, a lot of uh, very cartoon like. And so, um, you know, I get with some of these artists today. Some of them I can't. But that's how it was back in the day, too. You know, everybody wasn't wasn't good. So, you know, I just think, you know, with groups like us, we followed our passion. We didn't know we was going to make a lot of money. And these groups today, I think they, they're going for the money. And so uh, it's a different, I guess it's a different vibe. Yeah. When I'm doing, when I'm doing security for two live crew, my grandmother's like, who's two live crew. I said, you don't Graham, you don't, you, you, you don't want to know that. <laughs> Uncle Luke, man, you don't, you don't need to know it. It's all good. Hey, Cube, thank you, man. Hey, don't forget, man, Big Three Basketball. We're going to catch up again sometime in July, right, Cube? We'll catch yeah. up again. We'll do it. I am so excited. Amy Trask has told me all about you guys' schedule this year. It's going to be off the chain, man, and you've done such a great job with this Big Three hoop. Cube, you're always great to me, brother. I appreciate our friendship, man. Thank you. Thanks, Dan, man. Anytime. Um and look, check us out, man. We're on CBS all summer long, every Saturday. And after the CBS games, we're on Triller and Fight TV. Check us out. Got it, man. Thank you, Cube. Yeah, yeah. That's Thank my you, man. man. Right there, Ice Cube, man. No question about it. We'll take a quick timeout right back here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions the dark the dark but i once heard someone say but as i always say it's okay to be afraid as long as you face the fear and keep moving forward wherever you are in life count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years independence blue cross 
Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. I'm in trouble now. Dan Cilio, National Football Show. So... Ice Cube just tweeted out on my Twitter page, at Dan Cilio Show. Just about ready to go on Dan's show in five minutes. And I just thanked him for coming on. So I just got a text message from Snoop Dogg. Okay, so when am I coming on? <laughs> and I'm like, dog, man, come on, don't do this, man. He goes, I'm going to tweet out too, man. You went with Ice Cube over me. I said, well, I like his music more than you. <laughs> He's like, what? I said, oh, I, you know, hey, man, I, I, I like Cube's music, man. I, I always have liked Cube's music. And, and Snoop's like, so you don't like the chronic? I said, that's Dre's music, bro. <laughs> I said, hey, man, I think you sang on that thing, but I don't know about it, that being you, man. Dog pound, all right. But I don't know, man. Chronic, I think that's Dre's. So we have a, you know, what's really cool about my friendships with all these guys. It really does go back to my days at the university of Miami 
with Luther Campbell. We got to get Uncle Luke on. He ripped me a new one because I blew him off one day on getting him on the show. And he's like, man, you scheduled me. And you just blew me off. I'm like, no, man, I didn't blow you off. My guys know who I was mad at at the time. I was mad as hell, man. I just said, I'm not putting him on either. And so I, I just said, all right, man. So we'll get Luther on, but it's true, man. So back in the day when I was a young kid at the University of Miami, I used to go on these um, these tours with two live crew, and we worked security. And the only reason that Luther Campbell took big sills was he goes, Silio, let me hook you up here on something. You ain't a white boy. I was like, what do you mean I ain't a white boy? He goes, man, you Italian, man. White guys don't run that fast. <laughs> white, white defensive tackles don't run 4'8 to 285. I said, Okay, well, I'll, I I think I'm going to take that as a compliment. And so Uncle Luke used to use me, Jerome Brown, and a bunch of other people as security. And my grandma finally, you know, because back in the day, I think it was Bush 43 or 41. It was 41. And Bush 41 was going, you know, they were going after and trying to censor all the rappers because the rappers were talking so much, you know what, on their songs, you know, Cop Killer and all that stuff. And, you know, you, if you go and listen to country music, country music talks about drinking and shooting people and what have you. It just was delivered differently. And that's what the rappers were trying to say. Well, what's the difference between what I'm singing about and what Waylon Jennings is singing about? And so Luther Campbell used to tell me all that. Well, get this. So when I was working, guess who would show up? Tupac Shakur would show up. Or like the Sugar Hill Gang would show up. Here's this kid sitting backstage watching these rappers who I had back then. These guys were just making their bones, man. Nobody knew who they were. Right. And cool mode D walks in or any of those great legendary guys that really started the, the music industry on the rap side. were all walking in and Luther was pressing his own vinyl at the time. And so I'm just sitting back there and I'm watching all this. And I'm sucking it all up, and I'm still friends to this day with Luther Campbell. You see Uncle Luke talking to me all the time. What a great dude he was. And if you remember right, he was one of the greatest poster, sh poster child for the U University of Miami. His covers on his albums, he was dressed in Miami gear. He had the Miami jacket on. He was always pimping to you. Uh, he, Mr. 305, and he introduced all of us to all these guys. So here comes NWA and a easy -E, madam. All these guys come rolling in and they loved the Miami hurricanes back then because we were gangsters, man. We were original. We were really the original OGs of college football dudes. I played with man. These guys were the real deal, dude. And Hey, Hey man, they could be selling drugs at night and playing football on a Saturday afternoon. It really didn't matter, man. Those guys were really hardcore dudes. You know, I tell everybody, you didn't win championships at the University of Miami with choir boys. That football program was littered with dudes, man, that had no avenue. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why the university is not the same. I mean, even, even uh, Ice Cube has a Miami Hurricane in one of his songs. So it was really cool catching up with him. We'll do it again. He wants to come back on July 9th to talk a little bit more about Big 3 basketball, and we've been a big fan of it. So we're going to get Ice Cube back on. And by then, we'll be already in training camp.
Hey, hey, I bring up the Carl Nassib story. He's like, Sills, just make sure the dude can play. <laughs> I'm like, okay, man. I'll leave it there. Just make sure the guy can play. All right. Real quick here. I do want to throw this out. You know, we talked about Kyle Shanahan earlier. And we talked about Mike Tomlin. I'm going to throw another legendary name at you here. Bill Belichick. What do you make of Bill Belichick? It's a stupid question when you put it that way. What do you make of Bill Belichick? Well, he's won six Super Bowls. That's not counting the two he won as coordinator of the New York Giants. So there's eight. Not counting the fact that he did lose three. So we're talking roughly, what is that? Eight, 11 conference championship rings he has. If you want to throw the other one into when he was a special assistant on that Patriots team after he got fired from Cleveland, you know, he wasn't the D coordinator of that Patriots team that ended up getting beat by the Green Bay Packers. So he's got 12 conference championship rings. He's got six Super Bowls, man. So when you go like this, what do you make of Belichick? Come on, Sills. But here, let me throw this at you here. Okay, so Tom Brady clearly has shown that he doesn't need Bill Belichick to win a Super Bowl. Does Bill Belichick need Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl? Or, more to the point, does Tom Brady, and has Tom Brady proven, this league is more about the quarterback than it is about the coach? Don't you think if Bill Belichick has two consecutive losing seasons, you start to say this about Belichick? Hey, man, we know we said this about George Seifert. When George Seifert was coaching the San Francisco 49ers, and he had that insane great record, and he was winning all those games as the head coach of the 49ers, did we not go like this? This guy's going to punch his ticket to Canton. He ended up beating Chargers in the Super Bowl. This guy had a great resume. All of a sudden, what happens? He ends up going to Carolina, and everyone went, okay, well, guess what? That dude's not exactly who he says he is. And we all started going like this. Well, George Seifert's not a very good. Aren't we kind of doing that a little bit about Mike McCarthy? You know, we're doing this. We watched him not be able to handle a football team last year after Dak Prescott got hurt in Dallas. I mean, I went like this about Mike McCarthy. Is that dude really the right dude for the Dallas Cowboys moving forward? And here's a guy that many people thought and have great respect for. You sit there and you're going like this with the guy. The guy's a fantastic coach. And I'm like, really? So if Bill Belichick does this, if Bill Belichick has two consecutive losing seasons, let's go back to Cleveland for us. And by the way, I'm not suggesting in any way, but you know people are going to, and the Belichick haters are going to do this. What if Bill doesn't put a football team together and that football team wins and can win without Tom Brady? See, I think what Bill is preparing to do here to try to build back the football team and try to build back the organization into being a contender in the AFC East maybe even a little bit harder than what Brady did by going to a ready-baked football team that had all the cookies on the table that you wanted to eat. 
Don't you think it's easier to parachute into a situation if you're the quarterback and go, hey, I'll tell you what, I think I can lead that football team to the promised land because they have all the pieces. When you're a head football coach in the NFL, man, you got to do this. Hey, I may have the quarterback, but my defense sucks. My running game's not that hot. What about my old line? I think building an NFL team, I think Bill's got a tough task ahead of him. Now, look, COVID really was an issue. I think Cam's going to have a way better year, a way better year than he did uh, last year because of COVID. Let's not forget he ended up catching COVID too. So make no mistake about it. I think the Patriots are going to be a really good football team this year. I think they got their future quarterback too in Mac Jones. And I think they're going to be one of those sneaky teams that at the end of the day could potentially end up sneaking themselves into a playoff. Remember, we're talking about 17 games this year. You got more latitude to make up some uh, mistakes that maybe you go through a uh, two-game losing streak or something now with an extra game. All right. Appreciate everybody. Hey, by the way, do me a favor. If you missed any of the show, we had Jeff Lagerman on and Ice Cube on today. Please go over to the Jacob Media channel. Like it. Share it. We really appreciate that. You come aboard here each and every single day. Thank you so much for doing that. Krause, Cal, Big Joe, you guys keep doing it. We'll catch you tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern time. We'll catch you on the flip side. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.